On this episode of The Lunch Boys, the boys ask, who let the commies out? No, really. Do they even know what that means? Hey guys, welcome to The Lunch Boys podcast. So the boys have been talking a lot lately. Basically, we're seeing all these Instagram posts going around, people talking about all the different things that are facing the world with racism, capitalism, healthcare, taking care of the environment. Oh, how, there's a big virus too. Yeah, there's a big mm. virus and how we need to make sure that the government keeps us from getting the virus and all these different things. And one of the things that we started having this conversation about seeing all these Instagram posts is, hey, bro, bro, who let the commies out? Because <laughs> it feels like, They're everywhere. It feels like everybody's a communist now. They're just all over the place. All of a sudden, being a lefty means you're a communist. And then being a righty just means that you're an evangelical Christian that's totally cool with bombing the crap out of Palestinians. Who can't control the volume of their voice. That too. Mm. You know? Especially in quiet parts of a song on a live worship recording. As soon as the music goes down. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus! As soon as the music goes down. Go get (laughs) him! So the boys and I, we the boys, because we're also commies. Um, we wanted to take one of these posts that we've been discussing, read it to you guys, and then comment, rip apart, tear to shreds. Eviscerate. Respectfully disagree. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Respectfully agree to disagree. Yeah. Oh. As I've had to say many a Christian over the past several months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... So this post is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven slides. Oh wow! Of commie BS. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> let Let's uh, just go one by one. Um, okay. This post is by Chiara. ACU. We don't know who that is, but someone shared it that we know. So, go follow her. I think she does. She does art and acupuncture from Radical Change. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> Let's not make fun of individuals, okay? Oh, I mean... Just know. their dumb ideas. Oh, okay. Okay, so... <laughs> um, all right. Slide number one. White supremacy is also racial capitalism. Naturally. Yep. Is also patriarchal domination. Literally. Is also... Environmental exploitation is also eugenic ableism is also carceral slash military proliferation. All right. All right. Now, in these, it goes through each individual thing. Mm -hmm. So do we want to make comments about the the thesis or do we going to drive into the first? Can I just hit something on the top? Uh Sure. Comment on the thesis. The whole thing is uh, stupid. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Not to mention, like, to white supremacy. So the this all stems from a bunch of hairy guys that ride motorcycles, have tattoos of swastikas, and burn crosses. I all guess. ten of them. Is yeah. That our... Okay. Cool. Well, because apparently that's the mainstream. Well, yeah. As we found out by George Floyd, who we don't talk about anymore. Sure. Because if you're a lefty. You love to hate Trump I already more than you hate racists. I already posted about it, bro. Everybody <laughs> knows I'm down with BLM, okay? Oh, what are you, Joe Jorgensen? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. oh, you know those Marxists? You I'm know, like, down with that. <laughs> Vote for liberty. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, that was disappointing to see, but all right. 
those politicians are stupid, so it's exactly expected. It, it wasn't even disappointing on the idea that it's like run by Marxists. It's just like, dude, don't pander to the left. You're never gonna just, so, like flip them over ever. Just if you make a hashtag, don't use any caps. I feel like that's that's some entry level. Only lowercase Black Lives. There you go. So you get the point across, but not the additional stuff. So not okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gotta use that noggin. Gotta <laughs> use the noggin every now and then. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's dive into slide number one, okay. unpacking this thesis. The dismantling of racial capitalism. That's, that's so hard for me to read this. I mean, I just, I like how it sounds. It, it definitely sounds like you would at least get a B minus in a sociology class. You know, Great. That's an A plus. Are you kidding? That's an A plus. I am happy for you. Three credit hours. Yeah. Um... So, let's start over. The dismantling of racial capitalism means putting people over profits, capping wealth, instituting reparations, redistributing resources, and abolishing stock markets. It means centering the experiences and needs of poor and BIPOC folks. What? Yeah, what's a BIPOC folk? Uh, black, indigenous, and people of color, I think. I looked it up. Oh, so definitely not Tolkien. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Got it. Can we stop there? Because there's just so much to unpack already. Oh, we're definitely stopping there. We're going to put the car in park. We're going to enjoy the scenery. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so what was that first one? Uh, let's go point by point. All right. I got a lot to say. The dismantling of racial capitalism. Can we just start with racial capitalism? What does that mean? Because as far as I know, what? people aren't barred from stores and markets based on skin color. What's funny is like, this might be the most stupid thing, but the first thing that comes to mind is like continents. We're on different parts of the planet. Racial capitalism. Huh? I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> what, what do you think? It's not what they meant, I don't think. Yeah? It's not? Okay. I'm really trying to help this person out. <laughs> Yeah, Henry's just gonna be devil advocate, devil's advocate the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Like guys, obviously. <laughs> um, but like, I think like to try to play into whatever mindset that's totally normal and sane that this person is in. Uh, I think they're trying to imply that capitalism is inherently racist because of like disparities between minorities and white people and Jewish people and Asian people. By the way. Uh, so I think that's what they're trying to play at more than anything. Um, and like the easiest thing that all of us could easily agree on is obviously we're not living under uh, a capitalist system. We're living under a, more, oh, yeah. a pseudo-capitalist system, but we're also living under the biggest government that's ever existed in the history of the recorded world. So to call it laissez-faire uh, on any... It's laissez unfair, is what it is. Uh, 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 <laughs> but like. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, but to call, like, to say that we're living under unregulated capitalism is obviously insane. We have one of the most progressive tax systems in the world. We have, the, again, the biggest government, the biggest military, the biggest regulation state in the history of the known world. So, already on its face, uh, debunked already but like just to humor it uh we'll keep going through the points <laughs> yeah and one of the things that i think is important too is that we keep thinking that a new government system 
or reforming the current government system is going to make things better. Mm-hmm. But in reality, governments always look out for each other and their buddies. So, for example, the Federal Reserve prints $2 trillion during a totally legitimate reason to shut down the country. Quote-unquote pandemic. Point oh four fatalities. Millions dead. Yeah. Body bags lining the streets. Yeah. Flies the morgues everywhere. are overwhelmed, I read today. The hospitals are at 80% capacity. I was driving which into the neighborhood this morning, and I drove <laughs> over at least 10 bodies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the streets. one of the bodies stuck his head at the body bag and said, stop! <laughs> um, but without going off on that tangent, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting, though, because we did that. We made this this $2 trillion spending bill. And then what we ended up finding was that one of the issues that we were having is that we gave an overwhelming majority of it to the banks, Mm -hmm. like to a bunch of straight old white guys who apparently is supposed to be the enemy. And so I'm like, how in the world are we supposed to reform this system and make it better when right now, what you don't realize is that the more government that you impose upon your neighbor, the more that government's going to look out for its buddies, who in this country, they're going to probably be straight white guys. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to be Maybe logical, not it's, not gonna, it's not going to serve who you want it to serve. Yeah. And uh, there is um, a fair point, I think, to make that when you look at um, Sweden and Norway and stuff, their governments do run better than ours. But I think it's because... Uh, they're much more accepting of it. Americans generally don't trust the government. So every time they say we're going to do X, Y, and Z, we're inherently skeptical. Well, maybe Germany and like other European countries run better because they can just propose the plan and people go with it. You know what I mean? So like our government has to kind of do mm-hmm. things under the table and like under the, or off the radar or whatever the <laughs> saying is. We're there. They can just be, be like, sneaky. we're taking over the healthcare system. And that's just how it's going to be. And they're like, oh, okay. And then here it's like, whoa, (laughs) hold on, wait. (laughs) Right. And we also have seen from our neighboring countries and things like that as well that when they say they're going to take over the healthcare system, that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Because we see how they run the DMV. We see the condition of our public schools. We see the condition of our roads. Mm -hmm. Or the VA. They aren't good at running anything. I've got a heart attack. Uh, please take a number and sit down. Right. I, I mean, like, the, the best example is look at the VA. That is our example of healthcare or uh, state-run healthcare, and it's always like, and this is for like the heroes of the state, like our soldiers who went over and fought for our freedoms and everything. Uh, but they're continuously, well, yeah, what, yeah. We'll, we'll not go down that. <laughs> Very convincing how you said that. <laughs> we'll not, we'll not go down There's going to be some veterans listening to this or some super righties that are like, time out, those troops are always awesome. <laughs> I'm like, well, as individuals, they're okay. Yeah. But oh, they aren't man. fighting for my rights. <laughs> oh, man. Just letting you know. But they're always like letting them down and there's always long wait lines and everyone's always talking about it's how it's underfunded and it's like. Maybe if this is how we treat our, uh, like, quote, number one people, I guess, you know, uh, under the politicians is the soldiers. Like, that's who they care about most. And then under the soldiers, it's the rest of us. Uh, Maybe if that's how we treat them, they're not going to treat you any better. So why would you trust them at all? Absolutely. And another thing is even when the the Affordable Care Act was passed Mm -hmm. is any time the government passes law that you have to do. But the people who pass the law don't have to do it. Yeah. Very legit. Yeah. <laughs> that should raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, Pelosi, so you don't get Obamacare, but I have to have Obamacare. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk. And I, I think that mm-hmm. just leans into uh, like 
advocating for a voluntarist system it's like look make every government program opt-in opt-out if it's as good as you're saying it is everyone will be flooding the website to sign up every person and then that website will crash exactly (laughs) even after you spent five billion dollars on maintaining obamacare (laughs) what healthcare.gov what doesn't cost five billion to make a website just by the way. Get a stroke just trying um, to apply for yeah, it. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you made everything voluntarist and... Or voluntary, rather, uh, you'd actually have to... What do you know? Compete to, like, get people to sign up for it. Um, and then maybe the systems will be better, but then it'd just be a market. So we wouldn't need you anyways. Throwing yeah. it out there. <laughs> oh, shoot. But it's racist, Ryan. Maybe. Well, speaking of racial capitalism, it means putting people over profits, capping wealth, instituting reparations. Mm-hmm. So that's how you dismantle racial capitalism, according to this post. Yeah, so already on its face, people over profits. Every company that tries to serve people that's not a nonprofit, I guess, or not a nonprofit, is going to fail. You have to put profits first, or else you're not going to be able to maintain operations. That's just how it is unless you're going to be a nonprofit that exists solely off of donations and we already have a lot of those you know i also just think it's funny like people over profit you get a wage that is money that is your value to society for the most for part that company um and companies even call us human resource like that is what we are yeah and there are companies that have that automate that oh my gosh operate this delay (laughs) but anyway that operate in a slightly different way so for example newman's own they do the uh like pastas sauces Mm -hmm. and salad dressings and things like that they advertise on their bottles that 100 percent of profits go to charity or you've got companies like patagonia that make you know climbing gear and things like that they have since they've existed as a company done everything in their power to lower profits and to take care of the environment but what the reason they're able to do that let's just be real it's because they're making a lot of money and mm-hmm. so those hiking boots are not cheap. no <laughs> right yeah and, and so i think i think that if you allow the goodness of people to not be coercive you end up putting people over profits yeah. i actually think capitalism does that naturally mm-hmm. whether whether it be a company like newman's that says 100 percent of profits go to charity or it's a company that like whole foods that is trying to work with you know different yeah because even like the idea of farmers that's the word (laughs) my brain is off today (laughs) but like the idea of uh market systems and capitalism in general is the only way you get profit is by providing a good or service at a competitive price that people actually want so by default you have to be serving the people or else you won't get the profit it's how like literally how the system is laid out and if you want to go like Mm. what about monopolies what about the drug farm yeah, the most lobbied and, like, government-controlled groups on the planet. Okay, yeah, the, that's not capitalism, then. You're not talking about the actual thing. Your words are wrong. Not to mention, we are entering an interesting time period where there is enough information that if there is a company that's doing something that is atrocious, yeah, no one's going to buy from that company anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have gotten to that point. That hasn't always been the case, but we are starting to get there. Mm-hmm. So That is so true. Um Again, I'm just I want to understand the racism part. That's the part that I want to. So it somehow disenfranchises certain races. Well, it, what's interesting is in the post, 
it goes through all these different things, capping wealth, which is dumb. What? Ca- cap it, you know, like, shoot it. Is that what they mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but also no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> instituting reparations, redistributing resources, and abolishing stock markets. And then at the end, it says it means centering the experiences and needs of poor and BIPOC. What? I don't know what that is. Black, indigenous, and people of color. Oh, you're yeah. just black, indigenous, and people of color. I th- I th- I'm pretty sure Gosh, that's there's it. so many different. Yeah things anyway it's like our own it's like lgbt for me <laughs> there we go but i'm not gay i like the plus not that there's anything wrong with being say gay. the plus at the end i just am not the lgbt plus lgbtqia plus plus so you know it's better right like hulu plus yeah <laughs> oh disney plus <laughs> hbo max Ooh. I, iphone 7 plus <laughs> my dad used to call cinemax Sin O Max. Ah, oh, get it? Because of because of the kissy kissy. Because on, the the, uh, on mm-hmm. nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They do things. They do all the soft things. You pay extra. <laughs> well, it's free. It's oh, basic cable. Is it really? Yes. I was thirteen once. Oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, but my parents blocked the channel. Ah, uh, uh, good 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 idea. Oh, on for sure. It's grainy and horizontal. Well, it would be like you would turn the channel to it, and then within seconds it would be like, Bloop! you don't have the permission to watch this. Ah, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's a good function. It's a good function. Mm, it's a great function. Save me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, thanks, racist capitalism. <laughs> I know. Create products. Too bad kids can't watch pornography. <laughs> I, would love, I would love for somebody to like take that out of context and like try to grill us. On the- <laughs> <laughs> we have some breaking news just in. The lunch boys want kids to watch porn. <laughs> this has been Jamie with the Young Turks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, when Alex Jones uh, basically like rushed their stage at some event was the funniest thing. Wasn't that Steven Crowder? Oh, I haven't seen that. It was definitely Steven Crowder also definitely did. I recognize that bark. (laughs) Uh, Crowder also did it once. He dressed up as Chunky Uyghur or however you say his last name, Chunky Yogurt. And then just like. Ran up there like, hey, what are you talking about? And like made a whole thing about oh, it. That's awesome. At a Politicon, I think. Um, that's so yeah. great. So great. I'm glad that multiple people are doing that. The worst news. <laughs> they deserve yeah. it. They do. But, okay, so to the post. So we read all these random stupid things. But how does that, how does any of that center the experiences and needs of poor and BIPOC folks? Well, and, like, the crazy thing is, uh, on the war on poverty, which is, like, statistically uh, slanted towards minority groups, you know, um, I guess, not really, but, you know, a higher percentage of minorities are on welfare than whites, but there are more white people, so there's more white people on welfare, you know, that whole thing proportionality yeah because so, so there are more white people on it that are taking but it's a smaller aid, percentage percentage yeah. yeah um so like the, mm. that whole proportionality thing well um, i think math is racist so yeah true. um <laughs> for sure but, the numbers always turn out like that like, but on on the <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> on the war on poverty we spent something like 20 trillion dollars on it or something like that and the poverty rates remained more or less the same so the idea that more reallocation and more redistribution is going to help it's like i think we've i think we've tested it enough that we can stop throwing more at it 
Uh, but that's just me. Maybe. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you, though, because even in here it says capping wealth. And if we're just going to be objective for a second and remove color, mm-hmm. because whenever we talk about color, we almost always miss the point. Mm-hmm. Black people, I would say per capita, are poorer as a whole yeah. than white people. So when you talk about police brutality being disproportionate, when you talk about oh, uh, when you talk about people living in bad neighborhoods, when you talk about people on welfare, when you talk about people being jailed disproportionately, the biggest difference if you're if you're just willing for a second, which I know for right and lefties, it's really hard for them to not talk about the state scapegoat. But the biggest difference is one of these people has more money. Because when people talk about white privilege, this is one of the reasons why white privilege is freaking stupid to talk about. It doesn't help anybody. Is because you're going to tell me Obama and his daughters have white privilege or, or, or have dealt with people who have white privilege that they don't have privilege whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Get out of town. Yeah, it's class privilege. You grew up in the White House, you turd. Yeah. And so it's just like, or the same thing with like, like what's a, like you could say, um, like Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay-Z grew, came out of poverty. He was on the streets and all that kind of stuff. Well, he's got 99 problems. But, you know, Beyonce is certainly not one of them. <laughs> um, but, like, now, would you say that he's dealing with that? I would say no. <sighs> oh, well, just to play the devil's advocate, did he early on in his career? Probably. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. So, because it's a gradient... It must be a socioeconomic slash... That's the point I'm making. Class envy mm-hmm. type of deal. Although, I mean, we have to agree, there does appear to be generational issues with social class. Yeah. And I think is that one of the other things that faces that is that if you're poor, you tend to be less educated. Mm-hmm. And when you're so less educated... Cycle. Right. Worse schools, more crime. Mm-hmm. So. And then when you go to those schools, you're, you're taught... And this affects people of any socioeconomic gradient. But if you're poorer, chances are all of your education comes from the state. Mm-hmm. So then, just like we are today, George Floyd dies. Which, can I just say his name like three times fast? George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd. Whoa, there he is. How'd that happen? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> But, like, I'm just so tired of, like, everyone still posting about racism when the reason that we care about this is because of state aggression. Mm-hmm. And no one's talking about George Floyd anymore. Which, and I'm not saying you have to. I don't care if Breonna Taylor's name is trending or not. I really don't. It's just that we say that that's a big deal when in reality it's just a, it's just a complete distraction to say this is a racism issue. So it's, it's a – I was just going to say it is multifaceted, right? Mm-hmm. And it does come from a history where race was – definitely involved yeah Mm -hmm. right so it's it's disingenuous i think when certain people try to argue that there's no race element to it Mm -hmm. clearly there is however there's definitely at this point in time enough quote-unquote allies where you can actually start to shift the narrative and start to actually fix the problems that's what i don't understand a majority of these um, conversations that are taking place Literally solve no problems. Mm-hmm. Right. With exception to, I thought Rand Paul's law was pretty solid. Yeah. I could not believe that that was not a thing before he made yeah. it. The no-knock yeah. situation. He's the, he's the best oh, on yeah, my no guy. Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Also, it really scares me to think what other things are on the book. 
that I'm just not aware of, and we have to wait until a tragedy to understand that it's mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to know what that is. NDA. Hey. What? Hot take. Wait. Ooh. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take. Go. People post about how Breonna Taylor's killers are not in jail yet, or arrested, and a part of me wonders, the law has just been passed, so that would mean that when they killed her, it was kind of legal. That's the problem with reactive justice. That is kind of a yeah, problem. Yeah, and as like awful as that it is, is that I am ninety percent sure that that is the case. That they're not arrested because what they did was actually lawful and ordered. I think from a judge or whatever. Um, yeah, no, not grades are issued by judges. Yeah, so it's like they were, and as awful as just following orders is, you know, as an argument, uh, they were just doing their job, and it was on the books legal. So to then retroactively get them uh isn't good and then also on the uh the socioeconomic thing and like because class privilege really is i think a bigger privilege um and also two-parent privilege than white privilege it's enormous i mean also two-parent privilege uh two parents solve a lot and i know we've talked about it before but two incomes having somebody who's at home a lot more than a single parent can be really helpful minimum wage was passed for racist intense intentions to price uh black people out of the labor market it a lot of the things that they're supporting right now and also welfare is the thing that contributed to uh the nuclear family kind of degrading because single moms get more welfare than married moms so economic incentives lead culture one way or another and if i'm not mistaken if you have more children yeah you can get more money per yeah, child. and i'm not saying that every person on welfare is, did that what like blah 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 i mean that's what i'm hearing that's Ryan, yeah so. so what you're saying is uh <laughs> um but that is like a big part of like as soon as that law kicked in you could see the single motherhood rate rising like very quickly so it's to say they're not related at all i think is disingenuous I would like to say something hypothetical, though, if we take two steps back about the no-knock situation. If they're trying to go after the cops, and the cops were just fulfilling a law, right? Mm -hmm. It was a legal thing that they were Mm -hmm. doing. How come there isn't a little bit more heat on the judge who um, approved it? Because people are very binary. Which, like, I mean, I'm not saying that retroactively you do anything to this judge— However, I just feel like if you wanted to be consistent, you would want to track down at least where did this start, yep. make it known, put more well, responsibility on yep. the that, That's justice. the reason why I think it's really important to go after the real enemy. All those posts that I made when George Floyd had first died was, guys, you can sit here and piecemeal this as much as you want, but at the end of the day, we're going to leave it the same situation. Mm-hmm. With the same situation. If you're trying to take away from my virtue right now, I reject that. <laughs> and, and that's literally why I think I got some heads turning. Because you had some righties who were like way too pro-state. But then you got some lefties that are asking the state to fix their problem. When the problem is the yeah. state. And so it just blows my mind when we're like, well, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Well, they were on orders by whoever their su- superior was in the police department. Who was given a warrant by a judge. Which is a book that, which is, or sorry, that was passed and on the books by the local state legislature, mm-hmm. which goes all the way up to they're allowed to do that because there's no law in Congress in the federal legislation that says you're not allowed to make that kind of law. And so we just sit there and go, arrest those killers, write a new law. But this was mm-hmm. law. So writing a new law doesn't make it so that now they're absolved of what they did. 
So you have to go after the state. You can't just go after those particular police officers who I don't know like what their intents were. I definitely think that there's way too many, even though they're few and far between, there's way too many police interactions that result in people getting shot. Mm-hmm. It's just like, try not to shoot citizens. <laughs> Which um, I heard, a, I think oh, yeah. the Navy SEAL guy, Jocko, made a really interesting yeah. point. He said that when they were overseas, part of their tactic was to actually become friends with the people in the town yeah. that you're interacting with. And he was like, why don't the police force do the same thing? So instead of inciting violence, where like teenagers might see cops and right away make an association with violence, instead, if they start to see value in you as a police officer, they in turn will treat their community differently. And you, they might even start healing from within their own community, mm-hmm. which I thought that was a pretty solid point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a police officer from overseas that had talked about... Um different tactics that he learned overseas just talking about how for them it's all about de-escalation mm-hmm. like I don't need to take my gun out for any reason if there is a reason where I take my gun out what can I do to create a situation where I put it away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's not what we do in America that the a police officer gets like four hours ish of combat training which I don't know if that is per year or when exactly but the Navy SEALs for an example were training for upwards of 18 months for a six-month deployment. Yeah. Like, that seems like there's something, a correlation yeah, here. because, like, if you don't have any combat training, you have to Yo, go to we should gun. take away their... Yo, take away their funding, bro. Take it away so that they can practice more because they don't have funding. And then cap the wealth of the people right? per this post. So then the black people, the BIPOC people that you want to help can never get out of the economic situation that's got them oh, in a situation. Cap the wealth so that they can't pay for the taxes so that they can defund the cops that they're not going to train. Perfect logic. Uh, Boom. <laughs> uh, let's just privatize it and call it a day. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a good compromise. Um, defund it by 100% and let the market do it. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Oh, I had a point. But, I mean, that's the point, though, is that oh, no, 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 sorry, I, all of these things are because of the Yeah, state. but I was going to say, on the capping wealth thing, it's my favorite thing ever is watching interviews of Bernie Sanders from, like, 30 years ago or whatever, saying, you know, we have to tax the millionaires and blah, 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 to pay for X, Y, and Z. And then he becomes a millionaire, and he's like, we got to ca- uh, tax the billionaires. Those are the people who are... the pro- <laughs> So that's just exactly what you would see with the wealth cap. And plus, like, who are you to draw a line, especially when... The value of the dollar is constantly changing. Who are you to just draw a line? Like, oh, I would love to see Bernie Sanders try to draw a line with that finger that just keeps wagging. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, But I, I, the line, there's all the health kill, health kill. (laughs) My least favorite thing ever is seeing people uh, type out the argument like, oh, if we took 99% of insert billionaires' wealth, they'd still be fine. It's like. Yeah, but then, like, their entire company's gone. That's hundreds of thousands of jobs. Like, the, for Amazon specifically, they opened a marketplace for people who would have never had the reach they did before worldwide. And if you just took that away, uh, you'd be sending more people into poverty than anything else. Like, it'd be atrocious. If we're going to take away all of the billionaires' money, what if we took away from people's time and forced them to read more? Huh? Isn't that what school is? 
Wouldn't that be nice? I think that's, uh, Isn't that what school I think that's is? What school is. <laughs> but, but well, that's not yeah. working. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren said something very similar, where she was talking about you know two cents, two yeah. cents, and we could give. You wait, wait, was that what she was speaking care. at that reservation? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a hot take. It's just the but, truth. <laughs> it's just what it is. Yeah. <laughs> But she she was talking about how two cents for anyone who I think now Elizabeth Warren has the most forgettable ideas on the planet, so I don't remember exactly. But basically, <laughs> it was the wealth tax. <laughs> just is what it is. But it was like two cents, or what she meant was a two percent tax on anyone who had a net worth of fourteen million or more. And so I googled her net worth, and it was like twelve million. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. You dirty turd. Yeah, and it's also like, <laughs> okay. it's also super disingenuous to say for two cents. And it's like, you're just uh, specifically playing down how much 2% of a million dollars is by saying two cents. So you're making it sound like, look at these evil, greedy billionaires keeping two cents. We could feed children for two, you know, or whatever. It's like, you, uh, you're lying to us. You're being, or rather, you're being. Uh, what is it? Truth, factful, but not truthful. It's like, yeah, for two cents per dollar, but for a million dollars. She's not alluding up. to the Bible story, is she? No idea. Probably not. She's probably never read so. it. Two cents. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, but like, still, twenty thousand dollars you didn't earn, and you're just gonna take by gunpoint. And also, I mean, it's it's definitely gonna take a, a huge dent out of that two trillion dollar debt we just added. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and like but, also the idea that uh, the government doesn't have a spending problem. I remember reading; I think it was actually Ted Cruz that tweeted this: that if we tax every billionaire in the country at a hundred percent, we could run the government for like two months or something crazy like that. So I was like, clearly, taxation and like income is not the problem. It is definitely the expenditures of the government that is the problem. And I think if you're arguing against that, you haven't looked at any number. About anything ever. Also, government officials saying that—that's kind of. I funny. mean, it's Ted Cruz. It's like, yeah, that's kind of your doing, bro. He, no, I mean, like, he's <laughs> like, he's the you con- know, good old Ted Cruz. It, he's conservatarian. Send enough. the troops back over to Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, so he's better than a lot of them, but he's not great. He's not a Rand Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's yeah. So yeah, when he says it, I half believe it. When Rand Paul says it, I believe it. But when everybody else says it, I don't believe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but. I, one of the interesting things about that tax, that two cent tax, is it's really important that it's on net worth, mm-hmm. which means it's it's a new property tax, a new housing tax, cars, and it's, so whatever you also you have. have to then hire state officials to go evaluate the net worth of every single person. So like you have to pay more taxes to bring that person on to do all that paperwork and all that regulation that I'm sure comes with it. Because when is the government not wrapped in red tape? Right, because then it's going to be like is your china count as property that's net worth Mm -hmm. because it's worth fifty thousand dollars this china you have yeah so let's go to the next slide beat that to death (laughs) next slide yeah i'm pretty sure we shredded that one (laughs) (laughs) um the dismantling of patriarchal domination means growing systems of accountability for gendered violence abolishing the binary and redistributing, I can't talk with this delay. Um, and redistributing patriarchal power. 
It means centering the experiences and needs of trans, queer, and femme folks. I like how you can just put all those things in the same pot. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I think all of us will be the first to admit that in the past... We're all guys? Well, yes. And that we're okay with that identity? Yes. But I think we'd all be the first to admit that in the past there was uh, definitely unequal treatment based on gender. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Um, but then also the idea that we have to redistribute and reallocate positions of power. That's what it said, right? Um, mm-hmm. How about instead we just don't have positions of power? Maybe Ooh, e- coming in high. every president sucks. Every politician you have an issue with. Every single one of them. So what if we didn't have them? That's because they haven't been girls. Hillary Ryan. Clinton would have been a nightmare. Uh, and I, I, Does that count as a girl? It's half half oh! wizard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is barely a person. Uh, she is she is as much a human being as Elizabeth Warren is Native American. Oh man, it was nice knowing you, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get... Headline tomorrow: Ryan commits suicide. Yeah, me and Maxwell are the next to go. Uh, <laughs> oh dang um, that's a whole but one. also like the idea that women aren't killing it right now like rel- like the, the amount of college graduates based on gender like women are murdering men based on college graduation and the and the wage gap I know this is like has been debunked they a million a times also with divorce yeah <laughs> what what oh. jokes in there oh man uh, but Oops. the the wage gap is a myth you know it, if you it, that's just taking uh oh hot take I mean this has been debunked by every conservative writer Jordan Peterson did it a million times every libertarian knows it's idiotic. at least he said it with that really cool accent that he has it just makes him sound smarter yeah I do like his accent Peterson you need to develop that yeah, yeah. he sounds like a frog yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like the the, the wage gap. <laughs> The wage gap is largely due to like individual choices, and the wage gap that does exist is just taking every man's salary and like comparing it to every woman's salary, not taking into account like hours worked, positions held, like any other factor. It's the most uh, what's it called like uh, unifactored statistic, what, whatever. I forget the word. It is so brain dead of an analysis on the wage disparity, and once you get into the actual individual indus- industries. Uh, there, the difference is negligible. It's not there. <laughs> negligible. It's words. That, yeah, there, there we are. This is the episode where the lunch boys take apart commies, and they're like, "Those guys are idiots." <laughs> 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 I swear it's because of the delay. Because we're Ryan's in on Zoom, so. Um, but there, there isn't. That, so the idea that, by and large, and like, yes, there are more male CEOs because on average men work like 46 hours and women work 37 hours a week so of course the person putting in nine more hours is gonna raise up the ranks more on average women are stay-at-home moms more than dads or men are stay-at-home dads not saying that's how it should be but that's how it is so maybe there's more to it also hot take Mm -hmm. or really a hot idea just a question (laughs) my first Colin moment Sometimes I wonder if women are paid less based on that that statistic 
specifically because women are a little bit more expensive to hire. Let me make my case. Okay. If you have a child and the company is paying for your health insurance, like that's not going to happen to a dude. Mm-hmm. So that's expensive. Which uh, is a, a big reason why employers shouldn't pay for health insurance, which was because of the government and World War One or two. I forget. So, libertarian point number seven thousand eighty three. So secondly, yeah. then you ask for maternity leave. I'm which really means, surprised how many guys get paternity leave now. Really? Well, well, because it's yeah, it's completely. You want to talk about equality, and that's like the funniest thing. But that's, I mean, you know. It's a thing. You know, I, I understand you pushed out a baby and you dilated 10 centimeters. Wow, we're using the metric system. Super oh, weird, mommy. by the way. Isn't it funny how, like, dudes are totally <laughs> fine telling you the size of his wife's cervix when she's having a baby? I hate it when people tell me that. I mean, in general, I don't want to hear about cervixes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't tell me she's 10. Just tell me she's having a baby. It's fine. Yeah. I don't need to know just the tell specifics. tell me what you ordered from Taco Bell. The yeah. measurements. <laughs> um... Anyway, but like, but then you have that. I understand that like she pushed a baby out, and like I'm not even gonna attempt to downplay that or anything like that. That's not what I believe. I'm just saying that like then if you're gonna want to be off for three months, meaning you're not producing anything for the company, and if you're gonna be really intellectually consistent, anything that you're paid by a company is a result of what you bring in for the company or keep someone else who does bring in from the company having to do that thing. So if you're not producing anything. And now you're supposed to get paid a full salary for not producing yeah, I think anything. I'm a big fan. Uh, John Stossel has a great video on uh, maternity leaves. I'm just thinking out loud here, people. Yeah, Don't yeah. Judge me. John, uh, Sorry, John, John Stossel has a great video on maternal maternity leave back when there was a massive push to like require by law. Ah, pun. <laughs> require by law to like have a massive X push. Amount, uh, One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> um, back when there was a massive movement. <laughs> To uh, try and get uh, the law to require like X amount. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm just gonna cut all that. There was a John. <laughs> there was a John Stossel video talking about um, maternity leave when there was a massive push to uh, try to like require that X amount of weeks were um, given to every woman who has a baby, and found out that while the U.S. has one of the lower required by law maternity leaves or zero i forget exactly um our our market to like stay competitive companies will offer basically what there are uh those people were asking for on average anyways just to be competitive and like have that as part of the benefits um so thought that's i think that's interesting i was just talking to my wife about this today mm-hmm. was that company benefits are not meant to take care of you They're meant to be the means by which when people are shopping around for what job they want to give their lives Mm -hmm. to, that's how the company besides the salary can beef up what's offered to you. Because just as much as you're in the market for a job, they're in the market for talent. Yes. So if they're giving you better health insurance and they're giving you better uh, 401k matches and things like that, that's because they're going to want to get a better candidate based on the fact that someone else in the same position can't offer that, so that person's going to take the job with you instead. Which, on a super small level, that's why you go to McDonald's, and then you go to Chick-fil-A, and the 16-year-old employee at Chick-fil-A is probably doing more work and better than the 30-year-old employee at McDonald's, Mm -hmm. is because they shop around for better talent. 
and then they charge more for their service. Yeah. That almost sounds like a market. Whoa. Oh, profit shoot. and loss mechanics? Looks <laughs> like we fixed this yeah. one. <laughs> Weird. Next. Guess the trans people are going to live if we just get the government out of their job. I mean, it's definitely racism and patriarchal binary 254. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode the case is canceled. Yeah, we're, we're nine in. And we're just like, I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the third slide. The dismantling of environmental exploitation means growing systems of sustainable agriculture, protecting land from capitalist extraction, and valuing the earth and its human and animal offspring above profits. It means centering the experiences and needs of folks most affected by environmental degradation and toxic pollution and supportive supporting, sorry, native sovereignty. Uh, Debunked in one sentence, uh, U.S. military is the biggest polluter in the world. More so than any other company. Uh, so That is so true. Yeah, Napalm doesn't biodegrade. How much does it cost in fuel to, for a jet, for, like for a fighter a jet? <laughs> I don't know. But imagine if we weren't just dropping bombs stupid. in the middle like every day. It'd be pretty good for the environment. Uh, also, corporations know how to manage their resources and they think more long term. Isn't it funny that the government can fly a plane over the Middle East and bomb the crap out of black and brown kids? But then we complain here about cows farting too much? Yep. I mean, I'm, these are first world problems, I guess. <laughs> See, cows. we're actually just funding the Saudi starvation of Yemen just so that cancels out. If there's no people there, they're not, their carbon footprint is zero. So if we wipe out that entire country, then maybe, then just maybe, we could have a few more fighter jets. It's bananas. Like that huge Navy ship that's on fire in San Diego. You just watch that huge plume of smoke. Mm-hmm. But then you also just think about how much ore had to be taken out of the ground to build that massive ship. And now it's just burning and going to get tossed. And like nobody is better at coming up with innovative ways to save resources when they need to and actually need to than capitalists and business owners. Because they're the ones actually on the line. Like they go under if they don't have the resources to do whatever they need to do. Where the government again just takes it all, and they don't have to care about it. So I'm just saying maybe private owners of uh, forests and whatever would uh, manage it a little better. Thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree. I this mean, one's really easy for mm-hmm. me. Because, again, it's the same thing with, like, the race issue where we keep talking about white people versus black people and vice versa. It, Guys, the state is the reason we are here. Like, and so we'll talk about it. Like, we'll almost give it a side hug, like we the 4th of July just passed. Yeah. And we'll say, oh, well, that didn't include people of color. I'm like, I know. It's not because they were white. It's because states are evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you give people who may or may not have been white... Because things like this happen in places like <coughs> Libya, right um, now, where people are white. like it doesn't matter what color they are. If you give evil people power, especially by means of a state where they get to coerce power from mm-hmm. people, the result ends up being some type of slavery. Yeah. So, yes, uh, it's also funny that there's a Cornwallis Road like right down the street, and nobody seems to care. And like that was the tyrant that tried to kill all the patriots so but that's fine and i just sometimes wonder if people just stopped reading history yes books. they did i think so i want to know why they stopped yeah. 
because they went to a state-funded school that made it really boring. Ah, my case exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Privatize everything. All right, next slide. Uh, next slide, guys. <laughs> yep. All right. Awesome. The dismantling. This one's fun. The dismantling of eugenic ableism means quality health care for all, accessible, affordable housing and food, basic universal income, and supporting all forms of medical care, including traditional and in indigenous medicines. It means centering the experiences and needs of disabled folks. Can I say two things yeah. real quick? So first off, <laughs> when we say quality health care for all, I think our idea of healthcare in the United States is so bloviated and incorrect because it's really sick care. Something that's kind of interesting to think about is that in almost every way, most people are, or I think it's 45% of the American population is obese in some way, shape, or form. Not a lot of people work out. Not a lot of people eat mm -hmm. healthy. And if they do eat healthy, it's like they ordered a salad that one time to make themselves feel better, but it's not because... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, from McDonald's, <laughs> doused it in dressing. Um, they don't know what macros are. It's fine. Uh, and so then we sit there and complain about how the coronavirus is just rising all over the place and people are catching it and all these rising cases. I'm like, I wonder if we worked out and actually ate healthy and maintained low body fat percentages mm -hmm. that were healthy if we wouldn't have as much of a problem with I mean, virus. think about the cost of Flintstone vitamins compared to, like, going and getting bypass yeah. surgery, you know? Or just the cost of a freaking red pepper. Yeah. Like, it's... Or a $10 fitness connection membership. Yeah, like, it's not... It's really not as hard, and... and that might be my privilege showing, though, if I'm real honest, you know? So. Yeah, but you're an immigrant, so you can claim that and eliminate your whiteness. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Black people, got your back. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then it says, centering the experiences and needs of disabled folks. So, it says that at the end. Let's go back. It says, all forms of medical care. Okay? Are you saying that, like, people who want to get, like, a sex change are disabled? I just kind of read it that way. Hmm. Or that poor people are disabled. I, the wording on this one is uh, atrocious. Not bad. to mention they 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 started off with the eugenics able. Yeah, which makes me wonder: Are they familiar with eugenics and what it actually is about? In the fact that Jane Roe is into eugenics, <laughs> she hated black people, wanted them to die before they could grow up. Ugh. I'm not saying I'm anti-abortion. I'm just saying I read books. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, the, the whole thing, it lumps so many things together. I mean, I will, to extend an olive branch, I will give them universal health care if I get to legislate exactly how they live. They're not allowed to smoke. They're not allowed to eat fast foods. They have to mandate it to go on an hour-long walk a day. So I don't have to pay for your lung cancer, obesity, and whatever else. Uh, like if Heart disease is the number one killer in America, isn't it? Or is it cancer? Heart it disease. Cancer. And then heart disease... I forget. Um, so if if I'm going to be on the financial hook for your health care, I want to be able to tell you exactly how to live so I don't have to pay for completely avoidable procedures. Thoughts? The funny <laughs> the funny thing is though, like heart disease. 
It's hard to see. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, though, it kind of would make more sense that yeah. way if you wanted to do healthcare for all. Because how else are you going to manage to pay for it? You're not. <laughs> um, and still keep the quality good. You can't. And, like, healthcare is some. Healthcare is the one thing that, like, I really wish I could be a proponent for universal healthcare because, like, you know, certain procedures are extremely mm-hmm. expensive and life is valuable. But on the flip side, somebody still had to go to school. There are still facilities, there's research. And you still have to maintain some sort of semblance of excellence in that. And I just don't see how the universal healthcare um, concept would actually make yeah. that happen. That's too bad. And like, here's the biggest thing. People start arguing about this stuff. And like, I would genuinely say, like, I'm sorry that it's this way. Like, it's too bad. But the alternative is yeah. worse. Um, and Tom I'm Woods has it a sucks. free ebook on this. Uh, if you Google Tom Woods Healthcare or Tom Woods your Facebook friends are wrong about healthcare is the title of it makes a very strong case for how the state broke the healthcare market and how to fix it with more private and market incentives. Um, Insurance it out there. Yeah. And so it's oh, like yeah. 30 pages or something. It's not a long read. It's very easy, highly recommended instead of us spending 45 minutes uh, riffing on it, maybe um, because we're an hour in. But I'm just like throwing that out there. It's free, um, so don't worry about it. It's free information. Next slide. I wouldn't mind riffing on it though. <laughs> well, okay then. The first, <laughs> the first thing. The, <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't read it, but uh, after yeah, I the do. first, um, uh, the biggest point to me, I think, is certificate of need legislation, which is, and I forget how many states exactly. It's been a minute since I've read the the ebook, but um. It's basically in an area, if there's one hospital and you want to open another one in that area, you have to go to the first hospital to be like, hey, is your, are you being overwhelmed? Do you, we need to open another hospital down the street? So it's asking Target, hey, do you want a Walmart? It's like, of course they're going to say no. So it's artificially keeping the numbers low. Competition can't actually happen. To me, that's the, the biggest one. And also then the FDA stonewalling any sort of generics for things like insulin and everything um those are two massive ones for me also in like 29 states there by law there can only be one medical school i forget exactly which ones there are but that is uh stupid (laughs) ah man not to mention yeah medical school is super expensive and people aren't going to medical school anymore yeah uh, because it sucks and when you come out your life is super stressful you don't get paid particularly well yeah. anymore. So the idea of having more medical schools to lower that price uh, actually sounds like yep. a great idea. And also, so that ebook by Tom Woods and also an essay called How Government Broke Healthcare by Robert T. Long. Um, he's a professor at, of economics somewhere, I forget. Um, but he wrote an excellent article about how um, back in the day, before the government got involved, uh, there was very little issues with affording healthcare and that doctors were actually competing for patients instead of the other way around uh and if Mm. we could get back to that that'd be swell so those two things i think make an excellent starter case at least and then obviously there's millions of books you can recommend on this thing um but next slide maybe all right only two more left um and this is the last one that's like a Expounding of a point. The dismantling of carceral slash military proliferation. 
means defunding and abolishing the police and the prison system. Ryan just is that what that is means? Right like that the 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 way that that is stated. I'm pretty sure that's not what that means. Oh well, none, nothing that they state is what they just mean. Just makes me really not happy with this person. <laughs> real fast, real fast. Uh, you know, words. Real fast. How many likes does this post have? Just curious. Eighty-six hundred. That's eighty-six hundred too many. All right. <laughs> yeah, wow. it, it's insane. It's been shared a lot gotcha. too. But anyway, so restarting the dismantling of carceral slash military proliferation means defunding and abolishing the police and the prison system. It means demilitarizing and building international relationships based on collaboration rather than domination. You mean like a like a market? It means. Uh, 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 <laughs> It, it means centering the experiences and needs of folks most impacted by incarceration, police violence, and military recruiting. Honestly, of all the yeah, slides, this is the one I can kind of get behind. I was just about behind. to say that. And of course, yeah. I'm the only person that says, if you actually convinced other nations to participate, maybe that is the I smartest I mean, like, slide. let's just say... Uh, this isn't saying turn it into Ancapistan. It's just saying, how about we stop bombing third world countries for nothing and maybe uh, have a, a really strong defense, but not a really strong offense. Maybe. But again, like with Jake, this out of all of them have been the, the most reasonable one. I actually agreed with yeah. most of that. Except the defund the police part. Privatize the police. That just seems like Privatize a- it. It seems like a blanket statement that... I mean, th- what they mean yeah. by it... Like, that was our first episode. What they mean by it is not what it actually sounds like, but privatize the police. Sure thing. I also just feel like they don't really know what they mean no, by No, they that. don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they skipped all of the middle ground of libertarianism and landed on the hardest to defend anarchist position of private defense. And they were just like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely, this is fine. Yeah. I would definitely courtesy flush that sentiment. <laughs> Next slide. Because <laughs> I think we largely agree with that. Sticking on this one just for a minute. I think that... I think when we talk about de- defunding the police, it gets co-opted so quickly by so many different people and organizations out there that sometimes it's hard to get what the libertarian position is on it out. Mm-hmm. But basically, we already talked about it in the first episode that we ever did of the Lunch Boys but just to quickly, quickly reiterate is that if you had a private market for police, people that were actually in the community that could band together to create their own security force in the neighborhood, that would be better than a state monopoly, a state monopoly on police. Yeah. And I don't think, so there's like the big L libertarian t- uh, case and the small L libertarian case, the small L libertarian is private police communities banding together what jake just said but the big l uh so like the libertarian party and uh what they would probably say is their case is to uh decriminalize victimless crimes so end the drug war you know occupational licensure you know extra laws that cause more police interactions to occur when there's actually not a victim um i think that would be their mainstream take which is much more digestible for people Um, which is fair (laughs) you know again the market for private defense is the hardest argument to make i'm not even 100 percent there yet um in theory i love it uh but in practice i see some issues and i haven't thought through them yet um but i think it's important to distinguish between big l and small l 
libertarian, you know, just in case people are looking yeah. at like what the presidential candidate, for example, might be thinking on it. Well, she's all about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I, I'm so. like super torn on that thing because I get the argument of like, yes, or her tweeting that doesn't mean anything, but I also get the argument of why are you pandering to the left instead of hammering home the correct message of it's the state that's doing it and it's not it's not a race thing it's a it's a state at the thing, same you know? time she was just trying to use the hashtag like just yeah. to get more people to see it and like sometimes i feel like people are so self-righteous you didn't say it exactly like i wanted to hear it like come on get a life bro if i'm not mistaken i think on lunch boy's instagram post black lives matter is one of the hashtags we mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. but none of our posts are about black lives matter and i think that was the misstep she made is that she should have just said something about how the state is aggression and then a series of five or six hashtags, one of which being Black Lives Matter, if that was the purpose, was just so that people who hashtag Black Lives Matter might stumble across the libertarian. Yeah, and just... I mean, like, not to... Oh, I was going to say... Uh, I was just going to say... Oh, uh, ju- real fast, just in case people don't know what we're talking about, Joe Jorgensen, presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, tweeted... It is not enough to be passively not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Vote Gold. And then she followed that one up with uh, Hashtag Black Lives Matter means standing in solidarity solidarity with a mourning black community as we fight together to end qualified immunity, police brutality, sentencing disparities, and the war on drugs, not support of any organization by that name. But that was a day after. So... To hop on the lefty bandwagon of the passively not racist, or not enough to be not racist, must be actively anti-racist, carried some connotations with what people in the Black Lives Matter movement were saying were examples of uh, anti-racist, such as reparations or like forced redistribution of wealth and things like that. But I repeat myself. Um, Things like that. With the follow-up, it makes more sense, and I care less but I can get how people jumped on it at first. Henry, but sorry. Like the silliest thing sorry is, for cutting you off. Why did... No, you're good. Like, why do people feel obligated to automatically jump on somebody? Um, it's... Think about, like... So she's probably got, like, a limited fund for her campaign. Well... You've got maybe a couple of interns doing your social media stuff for you. You just need to churn out content, and sometimes... Yeah, and I think it's because it's the libertarian candidate saying... The same thing that people who are advocating democratic socialism are saying, like the same buzzwords and whatever. So it's like, hey, are you actually one of us? Are like you're in charge of us, basically. You know what I mean? Um, so to to see that, and plus it's like you know the leaders are Marxist, so there's already some stigma there, even though. Uh, granted, the movement and the organization are different, and but, blah, like blah. that might all be true. But so, for example, the fact that she corrected it like a day later, mm-hmm. like that's fine. Um, but it also just looks like so many people piled on so quickly. Yeah. Uh, let's make pretend one person could have just been like, "Hey, what did you mean by that?" And then she's able to respond like, "Oh, this is what I meant." It wouldn't have been blown out of proportion like this. Yeah. Um, and people's outrage just. I think that follow-up should have been included with the first tweet, and then there wouldn't have it been It would have made issue. sense, yeah. Because um, as far as I know, you don't have to pay per tweet. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a premium account. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but I did not know that was a thing. It's not. Twitter Plus. I was trying to find the tweet, but 
the the wonderful illustrious Michael Malice <laughs> uh, when Joe Jorgensen tweeted that he said something along the lines of libertarians the party of quote we and must yep. uh, I thought that was it's fine. the then, most wonderful then thing then also uh, he followed up the because that was a follow up to the first tweet and then uh, the follow up to the second tweet from him was him saying as the libertarian candidate do you support the repeal of anti-discrimination laws because to be consistent you have to and uh, she never responded. <laughs> oh, of course not. Yeah. Well, but and like at the same time, if an intern is running that, and the intern isn't one hundred percent sure how to nail that question, mm-hmm. again, like people, I just it surprises me that people think that people actually run their own Twitter accounts. Yeah. Um, even the, like sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Y- like yeah, you know yeah. Um, but even the LP, like if you go to lp.org, in the platform it says. Yes, like saying as the as a party we uh, oppose racism, sexism, blah, goes down the list. But it is the private property rights or private property owners' right to discriminate based on whatever they want, basically, which is the correct and consistent answer. Um, so, and granted, she's not going to respond to every question that gets thrown at her. That just take forever. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, that's a tough one. But I guess the thing you have to get people's heads to wrap around first is that businesses already discriminate. If you are a company that hires women, you are discriminating against men. Mm -hmm. If you are a church, you are discriminating against – you're discriminating against people who are Muslim because you're not going to hire that guy to be your pastor. Yeah. So discrimination happens all the time and so it makes it really difficult. And then we'll say, oh, well, what's racial discrimination? I'm like, okay, so Joe Biden should be elected to be the next president of the NAACP. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make sense. So we discriminate even based on race all the time. So I'm not saying that like I'm all about like discrimination, but like I do think that there is a place where if someone was able to have the conversation, what's your woke lefty of 2020 will never have with you. There is a place where you can say that discrimination actually makes sense in certain areas, as long as it is not violent. It's become like a buzzword. It's yeah. one of those, like, load it up in your shotgun and just start plastering people with it because you feel like it's gaining you some political points. It's like calling somebody racist. Yeah. It's like, what's that even mean? Or if you're if you're not a racist, but sh- – like that – just that tweet is such tra- crap. Like, if you're not a racist – you treat black people, uh, Asian people, Mexican people, people from El Salvador. You treat them all with equity, respect. You love them. You hire them. You work with them. You'll go to church with them, whatever. Have their kids play with your kids, but you're not out marching or posting that racists suck. All of a sudden, you're, you're a POC or a POS. Ah! <laughs> but to play devil's advocate on that i i try to play devil's advocate as much as i can with uh jorgensen just because she is the person with the party nomination of the philosophy i ascribe to so i have to try to um to be fair libertarians are always consistently actively anti-racist because we're the only party that's anti-war uh and anti-police brutality consistently so um if she had played it off as something like that, like 
vocal the only party that actually cares about you or something like that it would have been a better there were better ways to word the tweet i think is what we're getting at <laughs> yeah and there's more than 140 characters now so it's 280 <laughs> I, just love stuff. I just love that you have to keep saying stuff like that like i'm anti-racist well i'm anti-bad guys i'm anti-rainy days i'm anti uh softball games I'm, where they don't have ice cream i'm pro I'm, sunshines you know, like, and rainbows uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know it just it starts to get so it starts to get silly because like it seems to lose its meaning yeah when you keep throwing these words around all the time like drop the f-bomb when you really mean it but if you use it all the time like it just who cares yeah it's, no it's like the word white supremacy it's like i've heard that so many times and applied to so many things i'm not even sure what that means anymore you guys want to hit the last slide yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Let me just clarify. I know what white All supremacy right. means, just oh, not how they're uh, how they're using it. I don't get how. I mean, I see the posters in your room, Ryan. I don't know if I believe. <laughs> there are no, <laughs> for the record, there are no posters. But if I did have posters, they'd be I the best posters. <laughs> <laughs> did you just get super Trump on them? <laughs> uh, by the way, there's no posters. But if I did have posters, they'd be the best dang posters you've ever seen. Tremendous posters made by Mexican people. Great posters. Great people. posters. <laughs> Most wonderful posters. Uh, all right. So they summarized all their points. Or this person did. I don't know. Anyway, here it is. At the most basic level, radical change is the work of deepening trust. Trusting we are up for it. Trusting change is possible. Trusting that being human can mean building just systems. Trusting we have the tools we need, and if we don't, we will create them. Trusting that we got each other, and we can build out of solidarity instead of fear and selfishness. That's what radical means? Yeah, what is a... That's... What says trust more yeah. than just giving more power to uh, an organization with a monopoly on initiating violence? If we actually trusted each other, you'd be libertarians because you trust your neighbor to take care of you. Exactly. Or uh, that's the thing is that way. they don't trust their neighbor. Yeah. And so in order to get the health care that I need, in order to get those surgeries that I need, in order to make sure people's things are um, people's uh, salaries are capped to make sure that they're getting the things that they need. I need to use a government gun with my meaningless vote to force you to trust me to it's just it's just such a mental gymnastics. Like yeah. I actually don't mind this this particular slide by itself. But then when you read it after reading all that other stuff, I'm like, it's predicated on the fact that you don't trust your neighbor and you need a government gun to force that neighbor to give you the things you want. And also your change, just hot take, your change isn't radical. It's just leaning into the same system that's existed for 200 years. If you want actually radical change, not to toot our own horns, you'd be anarchist. (laughs) Well, not to mention like... Tear it down. Given like the way that this was built up, if you wanted to radically change, quote unquote, that means you need to restore the fundamental nature of something right oh completely change it which means that yo in the void though can you imagine how many people would die like take the healthcare system knock it all down while you try to figure it out especially this person be like all right this is your job think about how long it's going to take for them to restructure everything and how many people are going to die in the meantime terrible idea yeah Yeah. uh there was even uh never mind completely off topic never mind (laughs) <laughs> Yo, let's uh, let's completely, uh, quote unquote, radically change the police force, and while we restore it, imagine how crime just rampantly 
flows through cities. That's yeah. a great idea, lady. Meanwhile, gun laws are still in effect. By the way, I want to apologize by assuming it's a lady. I mean, it's a lady. I, I said it was it back. a lady. I don't apologize. <laughs> definitely lady. <laughs> Not that definitely ladies think this way. I binarily this, you know. apologize. I do and I don't at the same time. You're non-conforming in your apology. I am stuffing things that sound like I know what I'm doing with my things. So uh, there's a lot of pink on this page. So uh, on its and face, it's I don't think I disagree with a lot on that slide, but preceded by the other ones. Yes. Radical change is well, actually uh, the American thing. We we're, we're a new idea. <laughs> so maybe just maybe libertarians and the constitution had something, something right. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know what, guys, as you're listening to this, whoever you are, wherever you are, don't forget to hit us up on social uh, Instagram at the lunch boys pod, Twitter at the lunch boys P.O. one. That's the number one. And tweet at us, slide into our DMs, comment on our things, share it with your friends if you think your friends won't cancel you. Do that thing that whoever that sweet person is that reviewed us on Apple Podcasts said. You can tell your friend, I don't agree with them on everything. Take a listen. I appreciated that review. I'm like, I'm That's glad nice. that you felt the need to, you know, just say you enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you like everything. I don't like everything Henry says. Well. Especially Henry. Nobody yeah. nobody likes what I yeah. say. <laughs> To be honest, I don't like half the stuff that I say. I mean, I love everything Colin says. I mean, he's right. <laughs> I mean, Colin's just like, just one, one sieg short of a hit. Oh. Oh. Think about it. March, 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 March. <laughs> don't like Palestinian. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Christian Republicans. Oh. You're throwing all this in at the end. <laughs> But yeah, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, leave us a review, share the show. We really love getting to chat with you guys and just have a real conversation. Just let the ideas flow and just know we're not going to cancel you if you disagree with us. Tell us that you disagree. We'd love to rationalize our positions. We'd love to laugh with you. Tell us your take. This has been the Lunch Boys. Peace. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Lunch Boys. Join us again next week as we watch the boys take one step closer to getting canceled. Bye-bye now. Stay safe out there. There's a lot of COVID. You might get it. You might not. Wear a mask. Or don't. Who knows? But whatever you do, have a strong opinion about it.